from Joshua chapter 2, reading from verse 2 to 16. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come to tonight to spy on our land. So the king of Jericho sent his, this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman who had taken the two men and hidden them, she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you have completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you, have, that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell, if you don't tell what, we are go what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hill so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there for three days until they return, and then go on your way. Let's pray together as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to live as Rahab has lived. And would you help us to know her example that is your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I am a bit of a lover of films um, and movies. I'm currently watching a YouTube channel that's all about how people make special effects um, and things. And I was really looking forward to getting back to the cinema when the cinema's opened again, and I've recently been back again. But this passage reminds me of a movie called Anthropoid on, on Netflix. Two um, Czech spies parachute into Poland during World War II. This is a true story um, to try and assassinate the Nazi officer Reinhard Heydrich. The whole movie is poised with tension throughout the whole, every scene. You know that if anyone takes a wrong step, the two spies and anyone associated with them will be taken and killed. Um, and I warn you, there's some quite gruesome elements to it in terms of World War II, um, but the tension is palpable throughout the whole, the whole movie. 
And it's the same in this passage in Joshua chapter 2. These two spies are going into the land to, to seek it out and to see what God has for them. And if anyone is caught, if Rahab is caught, if the two spies are caught, they are in serious trouble. Fear is very close to both the spies and to Rahab in this passage. I don't know if you know the context of this passage, but we are in Joshua chapter 2. The Israelites have left um, Egypt 40 years ago. They arrived at the promised land 40 years ago. They um, looked at the land. They didn't like what they saw, and God um, sent them out into the wilderness for another 40 years. Um, 10 spies, or 12 spies had gone into the land 40 years ago. Two came back and said that it was good. 10 didn't. You might know the, the old song, 10 men went to spy on Canaan. Um, two came back who said that they liked the look, look of the place and that, that God would help them. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. But the other 10 said no, and God sent them out into the wilderness for another 40 years so that everyone in that generation would pass away before entering the promised land. So we have these two spies, and they come into Jericho, and we'll look a bit more closely at them. They come into Jericho, and why did they go to the house of Rahab, a prostitute? Well, we're not sure what Rahab's establishment was, whether it was a inn, a pub. Some commentators think it might have been um, a brothel um, because of her profession. But whatever it was, it was a place where people went to. Um, people would have gone there and spread information. And obviously, even if it was a brothel, these two spies, being Israelites, wouldn't have used any of the services. But these two spies go into the, into the land looking for this place where they're going to find the most information in the town. Interesting here that only two spies are sent instead of 12. 40 years ago, 12 were sent, and two, only two came back with the right information. And so Joshua doesn't make the same mistake as was made 40 years ago. He only sends two. He takes the opinion that um, a camel is a horse made by committee. And so he only sends two people rather than 12. Again, it was Caleb and himself that went in the first instance. And so he probably handpicks these two faithful spies to send into um, Jericho. It's interesting that these two spies aren't named where Joshua and Caleb were. But we do know that these are men who trust God and trust that even in this impenetrable city, surrounded by walls, they see God's faithfulness and that he will help them overcome. Another interesting fact is that um, Joshua didn't need any information about Jericho. He had the all-knowing God who told him he had the victory over Jericho, and so he had all of the information he needed, or certainly he had access to all the information he needed through God. So some commentators think the only reason God foreordained that these spies went into Jericho was to save Rahab and her family. But either way, these spies are there and they go in to find information about Jericho. But what about Rahab? What about her character? It's really, she's a very interesting character in the whole of scripture. She owns this establishment, and it is clear throughout the passage that she is a prostitute. Um, it's not sure whether she is simply, that's her profession, or whether she's a religious prostitute. In um, Jericho and in Canaan, there was a, an aspect of using um, prostitution to worship Baal, to worship, the, uh, worship idols. It's not clear what, what profession she, she 
undertakes, but that is that's her standing in the in the in the town. She's owns this establishment, so we're not sure whether she is established in the town, whether people know of her and people th- see her as quite high upstanding, or whether her profession makes that the other way around. But either way, she seems to understand, she seems to know what's going on in the town, and the king seems to know who she is. When they hear that the spies are in the town, they immediately go to Rahab's house. And so she seems to understand the outworkings of the military as well. And there's a few reasons this could be. She either hears things from the town through her establishment, her pub or whatever it is. She hears word going down the grapevine of how things work. She either has these men frequenting her establishment or frequenting her services. But whatever it is, Rahab knows what's going on in Jericho and she sees the evil from the inside. But the wonderful and amazing thing is that she has heard about Yahweh. She's heard about God throughout all of her establishment, throughout what's going on in Jericho. She's heard about God and she knows who he is. And when she's asked about the spies, she clearly knows who they are because they've already been hidden on her roof. Um, Those houses in Jericho would have been flat-roofed um, they would have laid out flax for linen so that they could dry in the heat of the sun. And so she, she hides them on top of her, of her flat roof to save them. And she lies. She lies, blind, blind-faced lies to these men to tell them that they, they're not here. I, I don't know who they were, but they've gone that way. Um, you, might, you might catch them if you keep going. Now, some commentators aren't sure about this lie, whether she was justified or not. Um, St. Augustine and Calvin say that she was wrong to do so. Luther says that she was right. Um, a really interesting sermon um, on the Gospel Coalition, if anyone's interested to hear more about this, um, I, can, I can send it to you afterwards. Say that this passage isn't necessarily descriptive, um, but or not necessarily prescriptive, but can be descriptive. So some passages in, in Scripture, we read of people doing bad things, but it's not necessarily telling us that we should live similarly. In, in Job, for example, about 30 out of the 40 chapters are Job's um, friends saying incorrect things about God. These things are descriptive about what these people have said. They're not prescriptive and telling us something that we should know about God. And so it's interesting, you need to know what the passage is trying to achieve when reading a passage. But certainly the Bible does not condemn Rahab for this lie. And that's very interesting. Another passage of scripture which is very similar to this, Exodus chapter 1, the midwives are um, being told by Pharaoh to kill any baby boys that come along, but they, again, a blind-faced lie to Pharaoh, they say, no, these babies come out too quickly, we can't get them. And, and they are um, encouraged and perceived in the Bible as being good. There's a difference between um, lies and deception. Um, in World War II, the Allies put inflatable tanks on certain um, beaches to make the um, to make the Nazis think that they were landing on certain beaches. Those are lies. Those are deceptions. But they are a different. They're they're not necessarily lying. In fact, um, her character is actually celebrated in this passage. She lies to save a life, and it's interesting that lies here have power power to create or to destroy. And here, 
are to save or destroy, and here they save. Um, we can't be flippant with the truth, and we need to be sure to be people of truth. The devil is called the father of lies. But in this instance, it seems that um, the negative outcome of the lie of telling the truth would be worse than telling the lie. And so we, we do have the difference between lies and deception here. And, and that sermon that I, I can send to you if you're interested, it says that um, for those, some people forego the right to hear the truth. And so if someone comes to your house and says, is Billy home because I'm going to kill him if, he, if he's here? That person has foregone the right to hear the, the truth and therefore deception is right in that circumstance. And there's lots of other examples of that. Is it wrong to have a beware of the dog sign at your house if you don't have a dog? Is it wrong to have um, fake security cameras at your house? Is it wrong to wear camouflage to deceive the enemy? Again, I can send that sermon to you. Um, I'm not going to plagiarize the whole thing. Um, I can send that sermon to you if you want to hear more about that. But certainly, Rahab is celebrated in the, in the whole of Scripture for her act here to save the spies. And when she talks to the spies, she has an amazing profession of faith. This prostitute and foreigner says these words, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. And not only that, but she just doesn't call him. In, in Hebrew, there's a, different, a few distinctions between um, the names of God Foreigners would probably have said the word Elohim, which just means God. But here she says God's name. She says the Lord Yahweh. She says Yahweh, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. She just doesn't know that there is a God. She knows that there is one God and she knows his name. No one is missing, is ever missed out when, tr when they trust in God. Even a foreigner and a prostitute here is welcomed into the family of God. She is saved, and not just saved, her whole family is saved, and she is then becomes part of Jesus' genealogy. If you look in Matthew chapter 1, um, Rahab is Boaz's mother, Boaz is Jesse's uh, father, and then Jesse is David's father. So she's very close even to King David's lineage. Like someone who hears about Jesus for the first time and says, I want that. Rahab says with electricity the amazing things that Jesus, that God has done in the lives of the Israelites. And she says, I want that. And I'm just challenged to think, do we have Rahab's hunger for the Lord? Her hunger to be saved and to be part of his family. She risks her life and possibly even the life of her family, to save these spies and to stand up for what God is standing for. And there are millions of people today who risk their lives every day for following Jesus. Open Doors says 340 million Christians are persecuted in our world today. 4,700 Christians died last year for their faith. And you can see more about this on opendoors.co.uk. Um, Do you value church? Do you value that we can meet in safety and hear God's word preached safely? 
where millions can't? Do you value his word where millions would seek just to have a copy of it or just to hear it spoken? Or even do we feel like we are Rahab, that we are the outcast, that we don't belong to God's family? Well, this story is telling us two things. We are part of God's family and we need to take this seriously. How does this play out in our lives to live by Rahab's example? And the example of our brothers and sisters who risk their lives for faith every day. Well, we stand up for injustice and wrongdoing in the workplace and in our families, even when it's difficult. We risk our reputations and our relationships with our friends and families to do what we know the Lord is calling us to do. We make financial risks because we feel like he is asking us to do things. Maybe we spend time serving him in the church or outside of the church. It means that we make him a priority in our lives. Coming to church as all of you are or those watching at home, spending time in prayer and reading his word, or as Matt Chandler would say, we do anything that points our affections towards him, whether that's going for a walk with him, whether that's um, reading a good book. For me, sometimes I feel God's presence when I go for a swim. And we confess our sins to each other, knowing that we will be forgiven when we confess. Whatever it means, it means taking faith and following Jesus seriously. And the amazing thing is that Rahab is not just an example of how we should live in faith, but she is also an example of how the Lord feels towards us. In this story, Rahab's whole family was saved by her actions and by being in her presence. They're saved by being in her house, so physically her presence saves them. She was fearless or acted in spite of her fear in the face of these soldiers and saved her family and these two men. Her house must physically stand when the walls of Jericho fall because her house is built into the walls of Jericho. If her house fell, then her whole family would have been killed. And so her house physically stands where others fell. Her whole family were able to escape God's just judgment on the people of Jericho because of what Rahab had done. And they were able to call themselves part of God's family because of their association with her. Well, let's look at Jesus. Jesus was fearless when faced with death and serving you and me. He stood where everyone else fell around him, all of his followers, and even those who promised that they wouldn't. He invites us to be saved from just judgment on our sins. We are not innocent of evil, just as Jericho was not innocent. And how? By resting in his presence and accepting his righteousness for our own. Just like the cord, we didn't read in this passage, but a red cord was left in the window to show which family was to be saved. And we can link that to Jesus' blood shed for us and for you and me. Just like the walls of Jericho fell down in um, Joshua chapter 6, the world around us is falling down. 
but we can rest in the safe place that is Jesus. Like Rahab's family rested with her. Just last night when I was looking at this passage, I, I wondered, what does the name Rahab mean? Well, Rahab mean, mean, sorry, name means wide or broad. And it comes from the word um, Rehav, which means roomy or broad. And so Jesus' salvation for us is broad and roomy. This foreigner and prostitute was welcomed with open arms into his family, and so are we. And how wide is that welcome? Well, it's the arms of Jesus on the cross for us. And if this foreigner and sinner, this prostitute, can be welcomed into God's family, how much more can we be welcomed in? Later on in Scripture, it continually calls Rahab the prostitute. It doesn't take that title away from her. And that's not to magnify her sin, but to magnify God's grace on her life, that even this woman is part of the rescue plan of God. And so Rahab is this two, these two examples to us today of how we should thirst after God and risk everything as she did for following him. But also she is an example of Christ to us. And how if we rest in the presence of Jesus, we will be saved from our sin. Things are scary at the minute. Things are overwhelming. And these next few um, weeks in awesome August, we will be looking at um, how we can be fearless because our God is awesome. And it's not to say that these things are not scary, but it is to say that we have a big God. Rahab knew that God was bigger than her circumstance and could save her. And she was hungry to know that Lord in her life. Do you see the ribbon hanging out of Jesus's window for you today? He welcomes you in. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this example. We pray that we would be people who thirst after you. Thirst to spend time with you in whatever way that looks like. God, challenge us that there are millions today who would do anything to be in this room with us. Lord, we, may we have their passion for following you. And Lord, thank you so much that Rahab is an example of your son. That we may rest in your presence and be saved from just punishment for our own wrongdoing. And that we may be welcomed into your family. In Jesus' name.
Amen.